podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everyone and welcome to this another edition of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm your host for today's show, I'm Derek Kerlihan and the countdown for WrestleMania is well and truly on. Yes. 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 So after last week's um, great quiz, even though David Hockney won it, um, <laughs> haters gonna hate. <laughs> today we are discussing potentially what I think is a make or break of any mania and that's the opening matches. Now, before I introduce this motley crew of a panel I've got in front of me, <laughs> just like to go through a few things. Wherever you're listening, make sure you're subscribed to our future shows and interviews, whether it's through iTunes, Spotify, all good Android sites. Check out our back catalogue of shows as well. Why don't join in the conversation on our social media of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, all at Suplex Retweet. Or why don't you head over to our new funky website? Hey, Stephen, nice and funky. Funky! Funky! um With all our articles, polls, and discussions, and also our weekly newsletter as well. Um, one other thing just before we start as well, guys, I'd like to um, say that um, our good friends over at No Money in the Bank are having a comedy show um, next week um, on the 24th of March um, at the Flying Duck in Renfrew Street. Um, it starts at 8 o'clock, so if you can make that there, guys, that would be really appreciated. Thank you very much. Now, the panel. <laughs> the panel. The sacrifice of Stephen Wilson is starting now. <laughs> <laughs> so first, the man who is single-handedly keeping Tinder in profits, it's David Hockney. Hi, Gary. I'm Derek. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Oh, Botcher Rangers back in action. <laughs> he never left. <laughs> you shower up. <laughs> now, my next panelist, this guy I've known for about a year, and during that time he's had many jobs as Stephen and Davis had girlfriends. <laughs> it's the big dog, it's Alan McLucas, how you doing up? <laughs> Oh, well, fair enough. I did get you a belt or two months ago. I've been waiting on it. Fair enough. I'm alright. I'm alright, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Now, my next panelist, this guy. This guy seems to get away with no more weeks, but not today. Not today. Let me paint a wee picture for you. Me and this guy were bros, tag team partners, the New Age Dudley Brothers. Until Shug's House Party 2008. When this big man who had done the dirty in me, <laughs> he had a picture took with the new tag team title belts with none other than the big dog sitting next to me. <laughs> it was a picture of lies! A picture of lies, Quacky! It's our MVP, Quacky. How are you, mate? Oh, not too bad. I've got to apologise for that. Um, yeah, I was laced with some booker from. I saw state. the lies. He asked me to take the picture off him. <laughs> I've never known her. Jack Jester will confirm. I've never known her like him. Derek, you're always my bro. <laughs> now, this is the one I have been really looking forward to. You ready for this? Good. <laughs> he is the boy that's so hairy that Alexander Darwin McCallum needed a chest double when he'd done his latest promo. 
It's Nanny's least favourite grandchild. Christine's least favourite child. <laughs> the biggest adjunct for contraception I have ever seen. <laughs> My Ms Elizabeth. <laughs> Mr Batman Pants himself. <laughs> the skid mark of my family. Oh. It's Stephen James Wilson. How are you, bro? Oh, you missed oh. me. No. <laughs> he literally used your Sunday name. Oh. Oh. To be fair, I would have been disappointed if I not I didn't get bumped. Not bumped as much as the fact that I took a week away from this podcast and Mr. Baron Corbin of ESSR won the bombing title. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, in historic fashion, might I say? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, as 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 most of you know, we love a good uh, <coughs> nine nine quote. So I'm just going to say one right now: vindication <laughs> noise. <laughs> now, guys, thank you very much for coming on today. It's lovely to see you all, even though I've just <laughs> you tried saying that with a straight face. <laughs> so now, what we're going to talk about is. What makes a good opening match? Um, so let's start with Stephen. What's that? What do you think starts a good opening match? Well, I think the key to an opening match is uh, you've got a crowd who are all, they're really excited for the show. They've been waiting for this for a year, the biggest show of, the, of in wrestling. So I think it's good to have something that kind of sets the pace. You always like to see, especially in recent years, we've kind of seen a lot of the quick, fast-paced matches. We'll go that up and do something like that, where it's not really slow, methodical style, doesn't work quite the same, so <coughs> something that will just that'll get the crowd hyped and, as The Rock would say, electrified. Yes. <laughs> For millions and millions! Yeah. Dave, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the opening match is like probably one of the most important matches on the card because this is the one that gets the crowd going, it gets them invested in the show, like everybody's um, really alive when like the first set of pyro comes out. Well, Lack of pyro nowadays, but um, no, uh, no, WrestleMania. WrestleMania yeah, always get pyro. Oh. Okay, well, yeah, um, yeah. The opening match has really just got to get the crowd going. Like it gets them hyped up, cheering the guys on, and if it's people that they can really sort of engage with and get behind, I think that sort of sets the, the premise for the whole the whole show. Yeah. Because if, it, if the first match just falls flat, <coughs> then it kind of sets the tone for the entire show. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't think it's even not even just the match. It's kind of like. Who comes out first and type of thing as well. It's sort of like I think last year was a great example where of the three guys that had the Rollins come out first for the whole burn it down entrance. I mean, yeah. That's a cracking way to come out with some of the Daniel Bryan and WrestleMania Fair, you know, it was all that type of stuff. It's kinda of key to it as well, not just the match. Uh, you mentioned yeah. the entrances as well. It's like maybe if you can get guys that can come out to a grand entrance as well, that's another thing that can really sort of engage engage the audience as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, it certainly helps if you've got some charismatic wrestlers, uh, like last year for example. All three of them in the opening match, Miz, Rollins, uh, Ball, all charismatic in their own right. They all had a great re- repertoire of each other, they replayed really well off each other. They built a lot of excitement. Uh, and it helps as well if the, the crowd are actually interested in the match. Yeah. You know, if the crowd have got something to gain out, especially like a title match, it sets the tone. Um, and I don't think really it bothers people that much if, if the champion retains or they drop it, but as long as they get that match but at least a couple of big spots in it you know yeah. and close, a lot of close calls set the tone fast relentless usually builds yourself to a winner yeah. what about the the number of guys in a match do you, do you think that's important because like obviously WrestleMania's got a good history of having the ladder match first mm-hmm. for talking mm-hmm. sakes do you think that's important quick uh, well it, it, it depends on the type of match it is as long as they're not like just throwing them in yeah 
just for the escape, uh, the sake of having an ex-scrambler yeah. exa- as the term is. Like a, like a battle royal or something? Yeah, like well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a battle royal is a battle royal, but if you're just having people, as they say, the ex-scrambler, if you throw me in, yeah, that that's the term that throws around. Yeah. I think sometimes as well, uh, the good thing about having the ladder match first is it's just chaotic they don't really need to worry too much about storytelling as much in it even though probably the, one of the best ladder matches in WrestleMania history in my opinion the one at 32 yes. the oh, key component yeah. of that was the storyline bet- between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going yeah. into it but it's not really a, you don't really need that I mean singles matches you need to have some sort of storyline yeah. with it but that's when you can kind of just go here's seven of the best guys we've got gone for a belt ladder spots you know, yeah, you can't. Salida del Sol. Oof. You can't go wrong with that, can you? No, it's, 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 that situation. it's just perfect. Yeah, you know? you're going to get the odd moment you're going to go, ooh, how did they get away with that? You know, it's going to defy logic sometimes. Uh, it creates a buzz within the fans because people start talking about yeah. it. I think you, you know? need a couple sort of um, key figures in a match as well. Like, even whether it's a, like a multi man match or a, like a one on one, if you've got that key focal figure that can <coughs> really sort of connect the crowd. To the show itself, like somebody that they'll always cheer for or at least give a reaction to. I think that's a good way to sort of engage as well. Like, you know, you said with the ladder match as well. Um, one example I could give is that is uh, WrestleMania 25. You know, you would think it's just a bunch of random guys in another Money in the Bank match, but I think if if you picked up on the fact that the CM Punk won that one, he would have won it two years in a row. So it's like little sort of snippets like that that can really sort of get you invested in yeah. it. And I think that's kind of what can be the difference maker. Yeah, one of the ladder matches, which I thought was the one that um, totally out of the blue, it was, it was great, the one that Zack Ryder won. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. totally out of the blue that he won it. You know, it was just, that was that was key as well. Because another, I think another key component in an opening match, especially at a show the length of WrestleMania, is making sure that the finish of the first match is... It's great. We kind of we've touched upon it in the ICW shows we've done recently. Uh, one of the things that killed a lot of the, the hype on the Fear and Loving card was the fact that uh, Kings of Catch didn't win that match. Yes. So that kind of hit the the crowd atmosphere on it. So I think if you get the right winner for a match, you know things would change. I mean, could you imagine potentially a different? I guess say WrestleMania 30 would have been if Daniel Bryan didn't win the opening match. Yeah. You know, it would have just been, even if it was a draw or <coughs> Triple H win it, the whole show. Would have just kind of died to death, you know, especially with the takers streak ending as well. The yeah. time they got to the main event, the crowd would have been oh, absolutely God, yeah. flat as a pancake, you know. So yeah. I think making sure that somebody, the crowd are going to be receptive of wins as well. A, a great spot about that was do, doing the research on this. I watched every single opening match of Mania and going going all the way back to WrestleMania two, and it was uh, Don Morocco versus Paul Ordnov, and it finished as a double countout. And the fans were going bonkers that it was a double count out. They were shouting obscenities. You could hear it through the camera. Like, bullshit, bullshit. And stuff like that. So they were they were going to town on it. So that's so important. That's you class know. is one of the worst WrestleMania's of all time yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. And it was in Uniondale, I believe, wasn't it? I asked plenty. Your hometown. <laughs> Have we got so, Uniondale in a minute? Have we got Uniondale? So what we're, going to, what we're going to do now is go around the panel and have a chat about our favourite matches. And good when to start it off, like I said, but we need something with a bit of story, and that is Dave's one. So Dave, why don't you tell us what, what your pick was? Well, it was kind of briefly mentioned there by Stephen just there. Um, one of my personal favourites uh, was Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Now this was sort of memorable for me because this was the first time I had uh, a few of the guys around at mine. We watched WrestleMania together as a group for the first time. Uh, but what I really liked about this was that it was already building 
on the biggest storyline of the last sort of 12 months. It was Daniel Bryan versus The Authority, the biggest angle going into Mania so far, and everybody wanted to see him walk out of there as world champion. And But we were all aware that, you know, he was probably going to have to compete twice that night. What better place to put him than the opening match? You know, it gets the crowd really drawn into it. It remembers, they remember why they're here. And, you know, Triple H comes out in his grand entrance on the throne with the three NXT women surrounding him. Yeah. And honestly, I think it was just, I don't think that mania could have kicked off with any other match because you had to take into account the fact that uh, one of them was going to be doing double duty, just like they did at WrestleMania 10 with Bret Hart competing against Owen and then going for the title match. Yeah. But the match itself as well, it lasted a good, what, I think about 20 minutes or so. Yeah, it was a good match. So it wasn't like a throwaway match or anything. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, they were still building on the storyline even right up until the show started. Yeah. And I think that's quite a, quite a clever way of going about things because normally the crescendo of the storyline happens like at the show itself. <coughs> the fact that they were still sort of carrying it on during the show, I think it, that's what kept people hooked on it. And it was great that sort of Brian won towards the end because, you know, the fans got what they wanted, but then the beatdown afterwards. Yeah. It sort of leaves that little sense of doubt in their mind. They're thinking, oh God, are we not going to get the big fairy tale ending and stuff? The bit, so, the, the bit that you were saying beforehand as well, like the yes movement at that time uh-huh. was so hot. It was, it was incredible yeah. that time, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah, I think, uh, if you kind of look back on that WrestleMania 30 card overall, it was, it's a WrestleMania that people look back on fondly, but if you kind of look and go into it, there wasn't a lot you could really get properly invested in I don't think other than this kind of storyline with Daniel Bryan because you look at the other ones you had um, Undertaker Brock Lesnar granted we got that moment with the streak ending but the build to it everybody was kind of thought oh I can't really buy Lesnar beating the streak it did apart, feel like it, apart from the pen thing with the sign oh, that was yeah. funny that was kind of the pen yeah <laughs> that, that was funny that, that, was, that was amazing but if you look at kind of the other ones like the women's title match was kind of a throwaway the Andre the Giant was the first time we've seen it yeah. the Shield took on Kane and the UAW was coming on. One thing I will say about the Andre Battle Royal is it did finish in spectacular fashion. did finish in that one, but if you look at it kind of that one, Cesaro wasn't advertised, so there mm. wasn't a lot to kind of hype us other than this moment, so I don't think there was any other actual match that could have started this WrestleMania so, with. There was only one other match people sort of hyped about, it was uh, Wyatt versus Cena, but mm. then Cena went over. Cena wins yeah. the but And he, it totally could you, threw him. Could you imagine if they decided to open with that match given how it ended it's, I, it would have, it, the paper would have collapsed and mm. it really went to its backside um, the only way obviously the spun it is if that was open and brought Wyatt won mm. yeah definitely well even like before the match even started I think the crowd were really hyped and it was because we had the infamous Silver Dome or, uh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and arguably the three greatest of all time yeah, right? yeah. one time yeah, mm-hmm. all in the ring, and they had a long, long segment. It was funny, and it was just having all fear of them drinking a beer, having mm. respect. It was pretty cool. Yeah, the nostalgia yeah. moment definitely helped. You know, get that sort of uh, get that sort of feeling in you to recognise that this is thirty years of mania, and then you go into this absolutely stellar match between two of the best on the roster. Yeah, see, actually, the match itself as well. Do you know one thing I thought was quite interesting about it was. When you look at it back, it was like um, notice that Triple H was doing a lot of fin- uh, doing a lot of submission moves on Brian, which mm-hmm. is, you would say that Dan's a submission specialist. Mm-hmm. But as it seemed to, it was like Triple H was almost trying to. Uh, the storyline was great. It was also trying to embarrass him almost by trying to get me tap out. Mm-hmm. See, as much as people may criticise Triple H for making, for always putting himself in these big spots at WrestleMania, he constantly delivers on a lot of the yes. matches. I think one of maybe the exceptions would have been thirty two. 
with Roman Reigns. But fair, I don't think there's any kind of done. No, nah, it was a but yeah. that, that match was too slow. It was not the right pace Those to end that particular mania. The two of them just went out and went like. Plus, be honest, nobody was really invested in that because I was. You could, were you? But, I, mean, <laughs> I wanted, I'm, I'm a face guy. I wanted Roman to win. But at oh. the same time, it was just some like after the whole beatdown and everything, it was just something that was just a bit too obvious. Mm, the writing was on the wall for that 32 match, and they just didn't click really. It was nowhere near main event worthy. Yeah, yeah. but also says a lot about Triple H because Triple H is prepared to put people over. Yeah. It's only somebody he really thinks can yeah. take the next step up and take the company forward. And you look at some of the names he's helped put over: Orton, Cena. Seamus. These guys have all done it at some point. Yeah, they've all kicked to the back seat again and back up. But for that, a lot of people, although the estimate was very hot, Brian was not well thought of as that guy backstage. No. Brian, was it, Brian was originally meant to face Seamus, I think, at this pay per view. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in. And the fact that Triple H is behind the scenes going, no, this is the guy, this is the heat, we've caught it, we're going to use this momentum. Mm. But I, I still say, I, I was at my pal Scott's that night in the hand, and he said it, I agree him. Obviously controversial. I also don't think Brian was meant to win the title that night. I think because the streak ended and it shocked the crowd, that's why he did it. they did it to bring him back. I don't honestly think he was going to win it. I think he was going to come close. I think honestly they had Orton retain. That's what we we sit both about the time, generally at the time. God, I still think I know I still would well, the option was probably Batista. And nobody wants a part timer coming back and winning the title. Give him what he wants. Right, so Give him what he wants. <laughs> we've learned from Lesnar, we've learned from The Rock, it doesn't work. God, I felt sorry for that mix so getting drunk. I I still believe it. And, 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 you could argue they play in the face, but that's just what I believe. I don't believe he was never going to win the title until the streak ended and the place died, and every match of four that practically until the main event was on his backside. So they needed something to pick up and end in a high. I think they've said behind the curtain that before they go, right, he's taking the title. One of you just needed to fall. Was it, not, was it not just the women's match that was between The Undertaker and the match in the main event? Possibly could be. Yeah. I can't remember. Sorry, the I inter- interpreted that question as was The Undertaker and the women's match. <laughs> 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 was, the, was, the Andre, uh, was the Andre not maybe after? Or no, the Andre was like third match on the card. It was after the six man tag with the Shield. I don't know, I kind of I re- recouped in your kitchen for a while after that. Because of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the scene that could cross standing on top of Undertaker saying, I tell you, I'll end the streak. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but yeah, I think the only throwaway was obviously because of the streak result. Uh, mm. The women's match was pretty much a throwaway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, going back to the actual opening match now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, I think that's a that, that's a great shout for mm. a match. You know, it had everything, you know, big guy versus little guy in terms of Triple H being this sort of built up mm. guy and trying being the small so, guy. As Alan said, it was quite good, actually, that Triple H did put over Brian, especially yes. when you look at the stipulation yeah. of the match, that whoever won the match win the main event. Yeah. So he could have easily went, right, we're going to do, we'll go double, we'll go double count out, we get a fatal four-way in the main event, but it's mm. like, no, I'm, I'm yeah. going to put, I'm going to put. So people think Triple H is after the 16-time world champion thing, and he really doesn't care about it. No. You know what I mean? He's, 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 he's guaranteed Hall of Fame. Mm. He's a CEO. He's going to get it if he wants. He's going to go, <laughs> turn in the morning and go, I'm the last person going in. There you go. Ah, Nobody can stop him, but it, it shows the guy really doesn't care and he will give the people a chance. And it shows NXT is a prime example. Yeah. Mm. You know, and he's trying to, he did it with Daniel Bryan to the extent, started it with NXT and gave the NXT guy a go and it worked off really well. Nice one. Nice one. So, on that then, move on to the next one. And that is the big dog. Big dog, what have you got? Edge Del Rio, twi- WrestleMania 27. Nice. And I look at this match in two formats. 
I look at it with what you see no one going into the match which is Edge is the champion he's never retained a title at Wrestlemania and we also look at it with hindsight it's the last of a match he knows this is it he's going on a high and it's the sad part of it and you, and you start to notice it again uh, throughout the match so I was watching actually the match this morning at 6 o'clock this morning and you notice when he comes out he's a little bit more emotional the pop is huge yeah. it's one of the loudest Wrestlemania pops I've ever heard um, but also it felt really grand as well with the real coming out with the, the Rolls Royce and then milking it and it was, it was that long that they didn't have time to let Brodus Clay come out or uh, you know Ricardo Rodriguez they just had to kind of sneak down the side and stand at the ringside um, the match itself was a, it was a good match it's not a classic but it had a lot of good pops in the fact that as well looking at both angles of it in the hindsight and also at the time I'm a huge Edge fan Edge is one of my top five all time uh, he might even possibly actually I'll both say he would get in my mouth Rushmore that's how much I love it. And you notice he's over, you can start to see during the match, he keeps clenching his hands. Obviously, he was saying the next night he started to lose feeling his hands because of the neck issues. But he did something that he never does. He jumped over the top rope mm-hmm. at Del Rio. And Michael Cole actually makes the point during the match how often do you see Edge take that risk? Mm-hmm. So he's th- so looking back and you think, like, he's obviously going to go in a bind, so he's going to do stuff that he can't normally do. Uh, he goes up the top rope, he gets smacked right in the back of the neck by Del Rio, goes down. Um, obviously the added bonus of Christian being near the side and obviously Christian Brodus have a one two uh, to try and keep the match even as well. And the fact the other reason I love this match as well. What mania matches is you can have about seven or eight finishers. And it's like each guy or women can have three of their own finishers each and maybe the fourth one wins it. And this one it was really limited. Del Rio got the arm breaker in twice and never got the submission. Edge had one spear and they took it and it won the match. Mm-hmm. And also another personal thing, I mean, because I hated Del Rio at the time, he wrecked the Rolls Royce, which I'm kind of bittersweet about because I love my cars. It's a beautiful car, it's a £200,000 <laughs> car. And you just see a crowbar going to it, the angel gets knocked off, smashes the windscreen, but at the same time, you're like, it's kind of funny. Sorry, I'm going to do a Dave here. It's a spirit of ecstasy. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. One of the things I want to talk about in this match was, like you mentioned, who Del Rio had beside him. And I think there's no other person that I want to talk about than this other than Stephen. He is very, very... <laughs> you, you, you really like, yeah, you to, really like Bruce, don't you? To give a bit of context into what Derek's saying, it was at WrestleMania 29, and I think you remember the match was meant to be the Brodus Clay, Tensai, and the Funkadactos against Cody Rhodes, Damien Sandow, and the Bellas. Yes. Sounds like a dream match. Yeah. But uh, it was, it, we were watching the card go on, and I think, was it Triple H and Brock was the second last match on that card? Yeah. At 29, and uh, then you see the Cena and Rock come out, and I'm in Derek's so and I just go, Where's Brodus? To be fair, I haven't been in a pub, and everyone in the pub's gone, Where is Brodus, by the way? People were, were, it was a huge outroar that he never got his WrestleMania moment. No, mm. to be fair, he had it 28 when he came out with his dancing mummas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But this, this was 27 as well, this was before he was the, the Funkasaurus, this was when he was still an NXT was rookie. Yeah. It was when he was the hired gun, but. He was the hired assassin, was, wasn't he? He was, like, was kind of like the bride back. Character, he just comes to his bike, kind of same outfit, and just kind of squishes everyone quickly. Yeah. The thing about I look less fondly on this match if you take the Edge retirement aspect out of it because I did not like anything about the Del Rio character. Mm. It wasn't even like he's a heel you're meant to hate him, it was just like. (laughs) (laughs) Come come on, he'd been about for six months and he didn't really do anything of note before he won 
the Rumble. Brock I mean, Lesnar, there you go, comes back after what, 10 years and just gets a title to replace with it. Yeah, come but, on. Yeah, but come on. The, the, the true winner of that Royal Rumble was screwed and that was Santino Marella. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get me started on that. I actually don't can't get argue that. that. <laughs> no, I cannot you I hype up that stupid, like, sock. Pup, my god, you look like a man making the hand motion. <laughs> yeah, you look like a making the hand motion and everything as he was talking. But yeah, I have to. I have Santino. I have to agree with what Stephen was saying about Del Rio as well. I just wasn't invested him in him as a as a character. Like I, I mentioned him, he was one of my worst Royal Rumble winners. I stand by that because yeah. it was a case of too much too soon. But it was clear, I think, what they were trying to do with him. I think they were trying to push him as this next big. Uh, this next big character to appeal to maybe a, a Hispanic audience or a Latin American audience, uh, but yeah, it's it just his, his character. No, 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 whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is it with you that you always feel that whenever there's something that's not American, they're just pushing them to push to a certain demographic? It has nothing to do with that. It was more to just do with the fact that his character was just so bland. Smackdown didn't have a very Fair good back then. He needed a big heel. Could you, and yeah, he was he almost like JBL in a way. You know, he wasn't like as, as soon as he comes around, he doesn't. Like quite grasp, but the... there's a lot of people that really were behind them and really did push them. Could, could you imagine Dave when uh, when the day comes to Drew wins the Universal Title? It's like, oh, they just want to push that Scottish demographic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, offered... push those three hundred fans that go to ICW shows the garage. I'm all for Drew winning the Universal Championship. I think it'll be great. What? Just going back to the the match, guys. What do you think? How important was it that you know with, with Edge as well? Because always before that, you had three defeats in a row. Um, at Mania, how important was that for for you know for for him? Obviously, it was his last Mania as well. So, how important was that? Uh, I, f- I think it was good for to cement kind of give him a good a big moment in his legacy. Could you imagine like if he'd lost the title and then found that he had to retire? I mean, yeah. what a better sweet way for him. Yeah, because up until the twenty four match we undertaker, he was undefeated at WrestleMania. You know, he was he, he made it. Yeah, that's what it was. It was street versus street that one. It was phenomenal WrestleMania that went twenty four actually. So. Uh, for them to get a win was good and I, I thought it was quite fitting that they, they had got Christian into this storyline yeah uh, given how much the two of them had done at the beginning of their careers yeah I mean 2000 the two, uh, you can say what you want about Edge's Edge's solo one was great but I thought peak Edge was when he was with Christian in 2000 from a personal standpoint I love that I love that well, I've obviously had a hiatus from wrestling for about 7 or 8 years and came back Edge was the tag team guy You'd be lucky if you maybe see him in a continental match and maybe get that title every now and again and then come back and he's a world heavyweight champion. You're like, what? What do you think I'm on? Who, who is this John Cena character? Because he wasn't about then. So it was quite interesting to see the dynamics and the change, but I totally agree. It was it was nice that Christian was definitely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly added to it. But I thought it was well in regards to the match. The storytelling was really good through it as well. Because that's why we going for some time. The arm was all bandaged up. They would have been attacking the arm. They kept that story going throughout the match. Didn't make it the whole match, which is good because I hate when they just go after one part of the body and drag it out for like twenty minutes. It, it bores people. So they had it and they only had it for maybe about five to six minutes. So they got its moments and then moved on. Um, and that's why I love it. But it's, it's more from an emotional point of view. Yeah. It's my favourite because I love Edge. I absolutely love them. I think that was after watching them back. Um, the pop. For Edge when he won was just unreal. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, you know. Sitting, I was sitting watching it in, in my house, and it was just incredible, just mm-hmm. how how well how, how loved he was, pretty much for everybody. Um, and the spirit done as well was excellent. You know, it looked like it proper 
knocked him out. I'll, I'll, I'll happily put my hands up and say I think that is possibly the greatest spear ever done. Yeah. I think it was done we see carefully. The spear's an overdone move nowadays, though. Mm. I think everybody does a spear or a super kick. At least everybody's got that. They're one of the two yeah. in their arsenal, pretty much. But these back days. then, nobody really had that. You know, Robin wasn't about. Who's the, who the worst spear? The big show. Big show spear's terrible. It's just the fact he's a big boy. Well, he just kind of just jumps and spins at you. Oh. It's like a Sparrowhawk so he spears and then does a roll at the end. I think I remember the first time I saw Lashley do the spear, it was actually. It looked pretty devastating. I still think Rhino has the best. Oh, he's a great spear. That could be a separate show in itself. Mm. Yeah. I think Goldberg was probably the most destructive. Mm. Yeah. But you look at it from a technical perspective, I still think Edge is the best. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's a that is definitely a great shout out there for a for a match. Like like you said, purely for your emotional point of view, because you were a big you were a big Edge man. Mm-hmm. Um, so next one we're going to go on to is Stephen's choice. Stevie, what have you got? Do we have to? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give him a chance. You would like mine because you really like this WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, it's Eddie versus Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 21. You know, WrestleMania goes to Hollywood. Um, I like I like this match. There's a few aspects of it I quite like, other than just the match itself. One is the obvious one. It was Eddie's last WrestleMania match, so kind of like with Edge in the same way. You look back on it quite fondly back in time saying like, this is one of the greatest of all times last match at the big stage um, also the fact as well what WWE should have done last year with AJ and Shinsuke that these two did brilliantly which was helped with this you had a face versus face tag team champion versus, versus tag team champion and instead of just having the two of them just go alright we respect each other we'll just wrestle one of them played the heel one played the face yeah. and even though they were both liked you kind of got that sense of chemistry with it that um, Eddie, was, Eddie would work over Ray and he would do what he takes to the other than nah he's my mate I'm just going to have a nice wee technical match with him you know yeah. but uh, I'll, I'll love that aspect it's something that, that, that wrestling in general when they do face versus face they need somebody to play that type of heel type role we saw Kevin Owens do it quite well at Fastlane when it was just him and Mustafa Ali in the ring yeah. even though he just turned face he kind of gave Mustafa Ali a bit of verbal to tell him like are you regretting being in this match now you know you just kind of have two guys is going at it but in terms of the actual match itself it's it's quick it's quick with a mix of um, groundwork as well you get that kind of mix of things going on with it the high the high stake moves Rey Mysterio is a perfect guy having an opening match he was the opening match in WrestleMania 19 as well yep. he's got Matt Hardy he's got that type of style and you were always the advantage of as well you were always guaranteed to please the crowd because they loved yeah. the two of them you know it was just when I look back on opening matches for any pay-per-view this is the one that always sticks in my mind. That and another Ray match when he took on Kurt Angle at SummerSlam 2002. Uh, it's a great match. It's very, very, and it's a very fitting one for Ray. Not Ray, sorry, Eddie to bow out of WrestleMania for, even though Ray couldn't hold on to his mask. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it showed the, the two guys for just how amazing they are as wrestlers as well, and it kept me totally entertained throughout the match. Like I say, cheese as well. I've watched all of them, and this was one of the ones that I was really entertained by throughout the match you know some of them you're watching it you're a bit like right okay but this one I was totally enthralled throughout it it's good because you get a, you get a bit of speed there's moments where the two of them turn on the speed and then Eddie will pull out the tilt a world backbreaker uh, work for a bit yep. get a bit of speed again goes for the goes for the free amigos does it hit them all then eventually does it hit the free amigos you know it just sequence wise it's pretty class as well 
uh, it just kind of works finish it's, good. it's a very clever finish as well I think the yeah. match actually had with the goes for the Tillable backbreaker again and they then rolls him up for the, vic- for the victory so yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a solid match it's a solid media yeah, yeah. Dave what do you think of the match yeah I really enjoyed it I mean obviously because we've seen Eddie and Ray compete on Smackdown like numerous times before and we see the whole lie cheat and steal angle going on when I think Ray was uh, tag team champions with RVD at the time and they go into this match as tag team champions themselves and they, I think I like how the match sort of came about as well it was like Eddie just said look why don't we just face each other and then did something not tease them into it I think they were getting kind of I think it may have been Chavo actually because that's it was yeah, Chavo it was Chavo right. he's like, kind of saying that oh Ray is the better tag team yeah he's pretty much saying he can't beat him and, and also Eddie couldn't compete at a singles level anymore uh, like he was reduced to he was reduced to tag yeah. team and stuff because I mean it before he retained the WWE title. Mm-hmm. But I like how the way they finished it as well is like Ray gets uh, Eddie with a roll up as well again, like he did with some of the other matches they had before. So it's still it's building on history, yeah. and that sort of those little snippets sort of build up towards their feud uh, towards Judgment Day. Well, one of the things actually, you, Dave, you said is that this is I think Ross uh, says it quite a lot that a lot of people a lot of people mind WrestleMania is like the finishing point of all the feuds, but. He, he's quite gross, says quite a lot. That sometimes you kind of need to use it to carry on feuds and build feuds. This is one of the examples of them actually building a feud because we got, in pretty much a couple of nights later, uh, Eddie turning on Ray to when they lose the tag titles to Eminem. Yeah. Eminem. Mercury Nitro Yeah, yeah. I thought I said that wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that kind of kickstarts that because. That's what you talk about the kind of finish of it because if they had Eddie win, the two of them probably just continued as tag team champions. But having Ray win kind of was the thing that kind of snapped. Yeah, Eddie, and then we got the uh, the, the custody battle. <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder as well, like maybe not having a tag team championship match at that mania might have been for the best, considering where it would have led to. So I think it's again when you look back on it, you think actually that was actually quite a clever thing to do because you know, like you said, it's reigniting and building a new feud. It's- they could have easily started this media with the Money in the Bank match. Yeah, that would have been a, mm-hmm. a really, really a, like a logical option since it was that was the first year of the Money in the Bank yeah. one. So Money in the Bank is always a safe bet for an opening match, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I think they used twice. Yeah, uh, yes, twice. Yeah, twice. Mm-hmm. What what I liked about it as well was something different, like two tag te- current tag team champions fighting against each other. Uh, something mm-hmm. something different. I don't think you've, you've yeah. seen that a lot. First time, the very first time. Yeah. No. Obviously, their faces, as Dave was saying, and they put a lot of concern to a lot of fans, thinking, where's this going to go? But as Stephen's saying, it builds this rivalry, you know, Eddie turning. And, you know, it just shows how good they are because when Seymour actually watched, I was watching this match this morning, again, about half past six this morning, um, the two of them make it look so easy. They didn't even try, and I don't mean it in a negative way, everything just flowed so simply. Sometimes you'll look at certain wrestlers, and I'm not going to name because people may don't agree with me or whatever, but you, you look and you think they're trying too hard, they're making this type look harder than it actually is. These two guys just look like they never get a second gear, and they put on an absolute stellar match. Now, they're both uh, veterans of the business as well, so it's not like you know they're facing each other for the first time. These are guys who have had many matches against each other in the past, and so they know each other's styles and they just click with each other really well. So I think that's kind of what made it good. Well, another yeah. aspect I liked about it was. The surprise finish, like I mentioned, this, this is going to come up in another match we'll talk about later on. It's like you're expecting the finisher, 
and you don't get it, it's something totally out of blue. You don't yeah. see that's what I like to do. I gave a bit of shock factor and that sort of kicked the fans up a bit, kept the tempo going for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what you need in an opening match. Especially that was a that was a really good mania. It's one of the ones you look fondly on. I think I a lot of people look back at it for the Hollywood aspect of it as well, but there was a lot of great matches on it. There was a lot of big like, moments. Mm-hmm. You had the the kind of passing of the torch to matches at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first mention of the streak ever have it actually happened, you know, yeah. it, pre- it, it just kind of passed over before that. So uh, it's a very fit it's very fitting to actually have a good match on such a solid <laughs> mania. You can maybe sometimes I can't really remember exactly, but you may end up having some days having examples of good matches or bad matches for good manias, you know. So yeah. it kind of fits in the whole thing very well, you know. But in the fact It's just one of those <laughs> things as well where like you know, sometimes simplicity is key for a WrestleMania like this. WrestleMania, I think every single match was a one-on-one match bar the Money in the Bank match. So, you know, but what really sort of sold that Mania in general was that they had so many solid feuds going into it. You know, like, you had the two World Championship matches. You had Undertaker, Randy Orton. You had Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels. All really great feuds that started from around... Robert Akimono and... Uh, oh, yeah. Classic. Classic sumo Trish match. Trish Stratus, Chris yeah, uh, that, that was actually meant to be Trish versus Lita, but Lita got injured that year. We don't. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah Rick Flair with a donkey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Braveheart trailer, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Um, and Triple H released Dodgy Prince Albert. <laughs> Kawaki, do you think that ICW should maybe do this with the current tag team champions? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, do, put that whisk away. <laughs> can maybe do it with the next tag team champions that get crowned in a couple of weeks' time. Ooh. Ooh. No, no. <laughs> when's the when's the next big pay per view for them? Honors, uh, honors potential. Honors. Well, Shucks house party. Right. Shucks will be the next major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so definitely. Buy a house for that one. Definitely no. <laughs> 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 I bought a caravan. I don't think we're getting tag team champions there. Yes. But can I add something on to the Ray versus... Of course, butter in. Eddie, to bring us back on track. Uh, <laughs> for me, like, although this was tag team champion versus tag team champion, let's be honest, it was a bit more meaningful than a lot of tag team matches we've seen at Mania. Yeah. A lot more meaningful. And I did like the whole respect was shaking the hand at the end. Yeah. That was the right way of quash it. Well, obviously I didn't quash it because Eddie had other ideas because it's Eddie, let's be honest. A scallion. Yes. <laughs> a wee but, rascal. If you like guy. But no, I love that match. Yeah, it was cool. I would have picked it, but Miss Elizabeth picked it first. Yes. I thought you were too slow. <laughs> Not fast your last. Just for just for um, everybody listening, Quacky asked for about five or six different ones, and they're like, "Nope, he's got it. Nope, Dave's got that one. Nope, I was getting that one. Nope. Even include the one of where a guy could even turn up. Uh, Dave, Dave tried to resurrect him by bringing him here. They did, I call you by the name, introducing him as that. Watch a rager. Yep, he strikes again. Um, so, guys, I think it's a good time to sort of um, have a bit of a break. Um, the next half we'll have talking about some more matches um, but before that we have a special treat for you all the build up to my favourite match which is um, brother versus brother from Wrestlemania 10 Brett versus Owen so I'll leave you with that my name's Ashton Smith and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet let's show you the most recent heart history back to Survivor Series and boom right there hits brother Brett into the metal gating 
Kane is pinned. One, two, three, there's the count. Eliminated from the Family Feud match. Check this out. Rips Brett down from the ropes and has a physical and verbal assault right here. Feel that you're living in, um, how go on, I, Vince. How do I say it delicately? The shadow. Go on, say it. The shadow. You and me, face to face, one on one. I'm challenging you, Brett, my brother, to a fight, one on one. I mean, people love to see any kind of a controversial fight. A fight, a great fight, is a great fight. People thrive on that. But under no circumstances would I ever absolutely positively not ever step in the ring with my own brother i knew this was tearing up the family and i knew that owen and i had to sit down and we had to resolve this thing and that's exactly what we've done and we are gonna win the world wrestling federation tag team titles as a unit the rocket is gonna be taken off and i'm gonna have my brother brett there right behind me and the quebecers we're coming after you we're gunning for those world tag team championships for the rocket and for the hitman too hey <laughs> take it easy Same uh, <laughs> The shadow, Owen Hart. I think Bret Hart has sucked his brother in one more time here. And could this be the three-pick? I don't know. Here's a man who's been the World Wrestling Federation champion twice, tag team champion, king of the ring. And there's a lucky young man. Ah, look at that. <laughs> well, we're going to find out what kind of a team they are right now. You didn't mention that uh, Bret Hart also likes to hog the limelight more than anybody else. I don't think Jacques will be taunting. Matthews, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back everybody and I hope you enjoyed that clip of the build-up to the match with Brett and Owen at WrestleMania 10. 
I would also like to say a big thank you um, to Aston Smith for the soundbite and also the, um, the interview completed with myself. It was great. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, my best mate now in the wrestling business. <laughs> um, so, um, I said, guys, please check the back catalogue for that as well. Um, so now it's my choice. <coughs> a match. And um, I think, like you said, most of you guys um, sitting beside me know that I'm a, I'm a big Bret Hart fan, also a big Owen fan. So this match was was perfect for me. When I watched it back again, I um, forgot how good it was. Um, I absolutely loved it. You know, it was it torn, but broke my heart at the same time because I was a massive Hart Foundation fan. But these two against each other was brilliant. Owen was a sort of perfect heel, you know, money little brother sort of syndrome, <laughs> which isn't like us. It's the money big brother. Um, and Brett was Brett was a you know a good baby face sort of saying before it the build up before it. I'm not going to fight him. He's my brother. I'm not going to fight him. Got a title match at the Rumble against the Quebecers. Owen turned on him as well. It was just built up. I thought it built up great. Um, everything about it. Um, the match itself, I thought it was, you know, it was a sound match. It was a wee few errors, but nothing. It was, it was um, some great moves in there as well. Um, you know, like we mentioned, you know, with him winning, totally a bit out of the blue, I think, for, for Owen to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously then, Brett went on to went on to doing the main event. What do you what do you guys think it? Let's start with Al. I thought it was a technical masterclass. Um you don't often see matches that quality anymore mm-hmm. in any form of wrestling anywhere. Um again had the emotional aspect which we're talking about because so it's two brothers. Um Brett was starting to become one of the big faces in the company. Owen was kind of starting to rise up and obviously challenge the big brother uh, stigma. And it was just really really good all the way throughout and it was literally end to end uh, one moment you thought no one's on the sense the next minute it's Brett and you know it was really cleverly worked and well done and then again the shock factor of how it finished the fact that neither hit the finished with a sharpshooter or yeah. any of the other special moves it was literally a forward roll up from above brilliant yeah absolutely fantastic Stevie what are you thinking about yeah well it just shows just how good this match is when you look at the other big match that happened on this card, the the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Yes. The fact that this is so fondly remembered and we've got a match like that. Well, the match that many people still consider to be the greatest ladder match of all time. Yeah. Um, but as you said, Derek, you put it quite perfectly. The build-up of this is perfect, especially when you consider the fact that Brett is simultaneously having a championship feud for Yokozuna's belt. Yes. At this point in time. So the fact that so much time went into Owen, uh, this one we own, and you could just kind of you could feel the realism of it. I think a lot of your best wrestling feuds you can kind of feel some sort of real real life animosity to it. We're seeing that quite well now with Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch. You can kind of you could probably buy if somebody says that they actually hate each other. Yeah, you know. So Jackie Polo line Hart and ICW as well. One yeah. of the best ones of that one. So you could kind of feel that Owen was genuinely annoyed that he was in Brett's shadow mm-hmm. because let's not be funny if Owen Hart didn't have a brother or didn't have a brother in the wrestling business and he was solely fighting himself he would have been up there yeah, competing for world titles all the time but because he was in Brett's shadow living in that one he didn't quite get the opportunities he probably deserved as we touched upon on Alan's uh, mountaintop show a few mm. uh, a few weeks ago so yeah. um, but some of the some of the moves that were pulling out was great I mean it this was in 1994 and he was hitting a tombstone. Yep. You know, how that was just, it, some of the things going on, it's 
It's perfect in every single yeah. aspect. Yeah. Storytelling, technical, and how it continues on. I love the image at the end of this WrestleMania where Brett's getting lifted up and just Owen's in the in the airway just kind of glaring at him. Yeah. Going like, should be me. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how the storyline continues although like Luger on. was holding Brett up as well he's thinking I bet he was thinking the same thing he's like that should have been <laughs> <laughs> I liked him um, after it straight away after the match as well to get an interview with him as well and he's like I beat you fair and square Brett you know you, you're a great wrestler but this is <coughs> this is my time now and then he just goes and goes and wins the title straight you know <laughs> later on that night um, Dave what's your what's your opinion on the match I actually watched this match last night and I had a couple of thoughts that go through my head. I'm thinking there was no way these two were ever going to put on a bad match. Yeah. And I was. I also thought to myself, if you wanted to look up any match at all from the 90s that would get you hooked on it, I think this would be the match to do so. And, you know, as the guy said, it was an absolute technical masterclass. Obviously, a few sort of brawling moments on the outside as well. So it showed there was animosity there, but they were very sort of te- both technically very sound in the ring. But I think what also made this match really worthwhile watching for me was the was the commentary. Like, because obviously it was Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler commentating at the time. Vince was clearly the sort of the, the play-by-play sort of semi-face and Jerry Lawler was just a proper heel. Yeah. Like you say. Some of the stuff well, he came out with, you can't say now. Yeah. No, you well, can't. Well, like, I'm sitting there watching it this morning going, <gasps> can't you can't, 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 can't say that? But I'm forgetting this last 25 years ago. You know, King, was good. King was great when he when commented any Bret Hart match Aye. because mm-hmm. he it, he was so in character with Bret Hart that yeah. the feud they two had was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the comments he was making was like, oh wow, I hope Helen Hart doesn't have a, a heart attack watching her two sons go at it. Yeah, And I hope Stu's <laughs> is looking at this just thinking... What did I do to these uh, to these two? He's <laughs> one rag in his suit watching us in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Owen Hart, the rocket's being overshadowed by his his selfish big brother. It's, uh, <laughs> Can I just say the rocket? That's a terrible name for us. The rocket. Know, the rocket, Owen Hart. In Glasgow, that's not going to get you, Bill. No. It's not going to get you far. Owen Hart, the mad rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would do well in ICW if he had that nickname. This actually probably would, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he plays Geek Over. Aye, but I think also seen the moves you wouldn't normally see nowadays like they pulled out a couple of pile drivers as well yeah uh, they had the, the, the submission holds as well they had the figure four Owen using the sharpshooter I think that was quite a Indian Deathlock yeah uh, well. an Indian Deathlock as well oh, the, the figure four just, the sort of one legged figure four in a way you could just tell he was working those limbs because he wanted to beat Brett yes. with the sharpshooter yeah you know I mean, how much of an insult would that be mm. it'd be like it was like what Montreal, Montreal, screw job, Montreal yeah. screw job you know yeah. I mean they could, have, they could have had that screw job go anyway a quick count on a roll up but don't shut up <laughs> what I liked about when he went after the leg it wasn't like a typical leg it was like now if somebody's injured their knee I'll just kick it and then I'll fall down it twist it and just I'll look back at you and that's kind of how all they do now yeah. whereas Owen is pulling technical moves different submissions you don't normally see mm. uh, he's doing snap takedowns and stuff and you're just like you don't see that now. No, nobody has. You don't see a lot. I'm not saying they can't do it, but I don't think a lot of guys have the ingenuity to think. Oh, I see what I could do. Wait a minute. Let's be creative with what's exactly. around me. Like yeah. Ronda Rousey, there's nobody better in WWE right now than Ronda Rousey. A snap takedown in any form. You blink, you miss it, and that's what Owen did to Brett in this match. <laughs> it was Aye. tremendous. And the fact that you used the sort of the drop toehold uh, takedown as well. Yeah. I think I, I love that move. By the way, I think it's a great takedown. Drop yeah. toehold. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I mean, this is this is when I was. This is what I love about um, this is when I was proper involved in wrestling. This is when it was like my 
mine and probably Gary's time when we were like, you, you know, we loved it. And it just brings back so many good memories seeing own fight, first of all, seeing Brett fight, because Brett was a massive fan of ours and stuff like that. It was just total nostalgia watching it. Um, seeing the younger brother beat the big brother. Yeah, yeah. seeing that as well was nice as well. I like the accent between you and Gary. Which one were you? Were you Owen or you Brett? Uh, no, G- G- Gary was more of a Brett fan than he, I was. He was Brett and Gary was Jim Nyhart. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Gary was more a um, Brett fan when we, were, when we were growing up. However, when we did go to, we went to, when the wrestling came to Glasgow, me and Gary were, were young, I bought Brett Hart shades. Gary bought like a Bushwhacker t-shirt or something like that, so <laughs> I would say I was more of a, I definitely say I was more of a Bret Hart fan after that, um, but I, technically, like, like you said, absolutely sound match, great, what, what we mentioned at the start as well in terms of they're building up the rivalry, they're building up the tension, you know, for it, it was just a, a perfect opener um, in my eyes as well, and I think that's the same with most of the matches that we've said today. Go on, you go, Dave. Uh, the ending as well, I think, you know, having that shock factor, that, which is always a huge uh, a huge point that can make or break an opening match, definitely. Uh, and it's the fact that, you know, you also had to take into account Bret Hart had another match that night, the championship match. And going in with a bad knee, you would think, okay, is he going to win or is he not going to win it? So it wasn't like a foregone conclusion yeah. for the main event as well. Again, yeah. it sort of builds on like the, what happened with Triple H and Bryan as well. Like you've, the, the guy who's doing double duty is working a potential injury. Yeah, storyline within a storyline. Yeah, storyline within a storyline. I think that works perfectly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And for me, what makes this one of the greatest opening matches of WrestleMania ever is the fact that it was finished cleanly. You would expect some dirty, and there was nothing dirty about the end. Nah. A shocking clean roll up. Yeah, exactly. And it's that what that made the match. And if I've got one night for the match. Own Hart's music is awful. His oh, <laughs> entrance nice. music is just rotten. And you're just like, oh God, why did you hear that? That's the only negative you can think about the whole match for me. It's his entrance. I think one negative I would add is I think the ref's counting was suspiciously quick. He did count a free count at one point. It uh, did, in yeah. the middle of the match. And then it's like two yeah. and then Gerald but, Waller was yeah. like, that was three, that did, was three. Did you notice as well, Brett actually taps out? In the sharpshooter? Yes. Point, he actually goes like that. Like, and like, he goes, is that not a tap out? Yeah. Because yeah, back day, I'm going with 99 to 2000 three taps, I think you were done, mm-hmm. you are out and he tapped and I think, that, uh, I'm going to guess that rule was still in application back then so he tapped out and he's like are you still going? and you're like, no mate, he just tapped out, mate, <laughs> game over no, but it was it was good See, so, Jerry, I liked how Jerry Lawler sort of called it like it was, even though, you know, some of the comments made would not have got past anywhere in this yeah, sort no. of day and age of commentary my man would literally be having strokes in the back if he heard that. He would now. Plus, also the fact it's a long match. You don't normally get long matches like that now. I was about 15, 20 minutes? Right, I think it was even longer than that. Yeah? Yeah. I, I think it was normally the 20 mark, sort of. I think it was in the 25 mark, maybe above that. Wow. Normally, you maybe at 10, 15 minutes the rest of them opening the matches, or sometimes 16 seconds. You know, it just depends. But the <laughs> fact that one of the guys is doing double J and he's had the match going near enough half an hour and he's still got to go back and fight out later on. Yeah. I mean, it shows how fit they played them well as well, especially Kay Hart. So, Owen won the match three times in one match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he should have been the best, or is the best. <laughs> he should have been it. Um, Smoking them all. Aye, absolutely. Like I say, one of my favourite matches um, ever. And you know, I think it's got a um, prime place as one of the, the greatest matches of Mania history, mm. in terms of me. Mm. Um, so, now we're going to go on to the next choice, which is Quacko's Wee Bit. 
Wee bit controversial, we right, but what, what do you mean? This is the best match ever in oh. open WrestleMania history. Can I just say this was I was tied between this one and Edge. Is the boys a bit of I love this match. What's wrong yeah. with you guys? Right. I, right, I we won't we won't do any more. What is it? Go. We've already talked longer than the match went on. Yes, so the epic gladiatorial affair of Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Love that. Do play by play. Referee loves up the bell. Referee rings the bell. Daniel Bryan says, Hold on a minute, I need to go and winch my bird. So <laughs> he goes, climbs over the rope, uh, gives AG Lee a nice wee kiss. Mrs. Punk. Uh, but then Seamus thought, no, 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 fella, I'm not having any of that. You, 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 can't, you can't go and kiss your girlfriend and make me all jealous. So he gets his size, whatever, boots, and bro kicks him right in the fish <laughs> cave. One, two, three, done. Your play by play is longer than the match. Do you, yeah. think, do you think Seamus went out? They went to Vince behind him. Vince, I forgot my sunscreen. I need a nice week. He is painfully pale. I have before, but seriously. He's quite quick, man. The actual stage is like a silvery grey, and when you see him walk through, he does blend in. You know, and you're like. Like, seeing the website photos as well, he actually looks like paper white. That's how. Paley was and plus the fact that it was still it was sun was starting to set and it still was bright and it was cloudy so he was, he was blending in with the light the cloud <laughs> the stage right. he was about to disappear he was being taken from above you know <laughs> he's like right gotta make this quiet otherwise I'm gonna get sunburned it's like when we go on an all day session when we're on holiday with Stephen <laughs> <laughs> we're in the pub and we want to go back to the pool and Stephen's like we can't nice suntan lotion and yeah. it's toasting it there I've got a factor of 1000 <laughs> I did not look like I was on holiday last week. Just, <laughs> just, just for the, did for you think time? <laughs> no, <I wish. laughs> This one, this this match, like, like we've, we've mentioned, it, it was it was like so sh- like the shock factor was was unreal during it. I mean, yes, I've said it time and time again. The type of wrestling I like, not everyone's going to agree with it. It's like the, for example, when Braun Strowman pulls out that ten year old kid. Everyone's going, this is a disgrace. I was like, that's as funny as it. <laughs> like, that's, that's the, I just like that. And this was different. It was funny. What about like when uh, Undertaker and Mr. Kennedy got in the hair? So. Oh, don't you start. <laughs> <on>. That's <laughs> not WrestleMania. Don't, don't, don't start. Don't start. Don't start. But I think the thing that annoyed so many people about this match is because the year before, the two of them were meant to fight then. They get put in the pre-show. And even when they get put in the pre-show, it became a battle royal one by the great Cali. Oh. Yeah. You know? You know, I thought David was the worst champion ever, but apparently there's worse than him. <laughs> um, Are you sure about that? And how many quizzes have you won? Mr. Dave. Alan Jones. Wait, 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 wait. sorry. Dave, how many quizzes? You I, don't win any else. I didn't study the the moves of wrestling based on their description for a, pu- for a pu- full nine months. God, I had a struggle to get that. <laughs> I, was that I was that annoyed. You were so angry you, you couldn't were, get your words out. You've been studying these wrestling names ever since the wine lover. <laughs> hey, well, at least I know who John Cena is. Anyway, moving yes, on. Yes, moving on. Back to the match, guys. Come on, back to the match. Yeah. Away from Corbin. Can I yes. just say that for the match? So I was actually walking out with some guys from uni, guys from school, and uh, quite intoxicated at this point. And when Seamus beaten, and you know how Seamus does the, the chest goes like I rattled myself so badly that I actually bruised my chest and I couldn't breathe properly for the rest of the night. <laughs> I literally battered myself. 
and going, yes! And then once I stopped screaming, I took a breath and realised, aha! And then I started screaming the pain and crying. <laughs> um, but but I, oh, I go over it, the drink helped, you know, but I thought I'd share that me anecdote for you. The match took your breath away, essentially, that's what you're honest, saying. I took my breath away. That, that match also really started the whole yes chanting, because yeah. the next Monday Night on Raw, everyone was chanting Kill, yes to Killed, Sh- killed Sheamus' momentum as well, so yeah. you know, it, worked, it worked and swings around the bits to be. I kind of would criticise this match, but kind of what we what Dave mentioned about his match. I, it was the first Mania I watched live. I used to watch them on the tape, tape pre-record, so this is the first one I actually watched live. So I look back quite fondly on that one. You know, it's, it's a really good Mania. Did we watch that live? No, I was so, solid Mania, not the best though. Yeah. End of an era. Hell in a cell, yeah. Amazing. My all-time favorite match. That was. I think still is the best match ever. The, the John Laurinaitis versus Teddy Long. <laughs> that was Please stop mentioning Teddy Long. Ah, talk as if I don't of that guy, man. What the heck was that? John Laurinaitis talking. John Laurinaitis <laughs> about people <laughs> power and the love of Yeah, but just went off in a mad run here, that guy. <laughs> Because of people power. Hold on, a player. Hold on, a player. There's two of us here. Let's go get enough five buddies. We'll have a tag team match. I've seen the worst thing, right? Uh, Tempted long greatest match. He's the worst. He's the worst. No, he was actually pretty good. There's no engineer. Hold on, player. Hang on. Let me go and find what bodies in the back we'll just have a tag team match. I will shut up. Right. Yes. So 18 seconds. Back to the match. <laughs> Thank you. 18 Quite seconds. Good. There are people that will kill for 18 seconds. <laughs> you two over there. Excuse yeah. me. How do, do, not, do not put me in the same category as Hawk. How did I know somebody was going to make a joke about that? Steven, you're right. I'm sorry. 18.5. Anyway. It needs a cuddle. Um, Dave. What, what's your opinion on this match? I did not like it. Of course you didn't. Oh, of the purest, well, the purest of purest. Un- unless I didn't know how. Well, until I knew how it was going to pan out and what repercussions it would have had, like years down the line, I would have looked at this and I thought, seriously, that's your opening match. Dave, you got, Dave, that's called hindsight. Dave, you've got to look, got to look at it though. If we never had this match, mm. we'd never had the match you picked. Yep. Yes, that's right. Daniel um, Bryan would have been doing. But you know, oh, it was a. Uh, Dave was probably the guy that was throwing his TV robot at the TV in disgust. I was like, how dare you? Unbeknownst to the, unbeknownst at the time, I think uh, it definitely set up what was going to be Daniel Bryan as the Conquering Hero yeah. a couple of years later. So that I'll take it into consideration. But say Your if you were, on the match, if you were a, a paying customer at the venue itself, you'd be raging at that. But I, 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 I don't think they thought it was a walk about and everyone was losing their mind. They were loving it. They were loving that, it. Oh, that set the tempo. The it's place just... was bouncing because everyone's like, right, if he's going to do Leonard somebody one move like that, what's, what's the rock going to do to Cena? Mm. What's, you know, what's going to happen between Punk, punk and Jericho? Uh, I suppose and it I does can, set like a... You know, and don't forget, at that time, right, that, yeah, he was, it was the whole, the way he was playing up, he was playing up as if he, like he wasn't treating AJ right, so it was like kind of way he got his come up. And so yeah, like, yes. yeah. Exactly. He was a bit of an abusive boyfriend for the. the I bet. <laughs> I bet. I can I can see your point of view in terms of you know an opening match at Mania. You expect it to be something a bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you expect it to last a bit longer than, <laughs> than eighteen seconds. It was purely, but... I think 
it was over reliant on shock factor, I think, and uh, it did its job. Now that I think oh, about it, it definitely did do its right. job. Can I just ask a question, just very quickly? What did you think of Goldberg Lesnar? I mean, Goldberg destroyed Lesnar. That again, shock factor. Right? Did you enjoy them? Yes, I did. Actually, well, there you go then. Should have made it that mean. I think it's just the fact that it was the main event, and you think, all right, I'm really, really hyped up for this now. Like one more match to go. I wonder how this is going to go down. But you know, as the most to... title is a main event, it's just opening card. Mm. It's still a main event. Mm. And don't forget, Sheamus was going in as Royal Rumble winner. Yep. Yeah. And here's another thing. Finn Balor recently point, said in Twitter, the opening match card of the match card, the opening first match is as prestigious as the last match because you think of a list, everyone forgets, or you've got a list of 10 items, say. Everyone usually forgets 2 to 9, but you always remember 1 in 10. Do I go, you, don't want to go on, you don't want to go on after the, the big like, match in the middle? No. It's like Royal Rumble, with, uh, Royal Rumble entrance as well. You always remember who's number one and who's number exactly, 30. Exactly, that's my point. Yeah. So that shock factor, that'll never forget people. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what the second match is off the top of your head? For... Oh yeah, it was Randy Orton Kane. Have you had to think about it? Ah, a little so bit, point, yeah, true. Yeah. Whereas, you don't have to think about it. Or, the match okay. The three, the three matches yeah. involved that's a terrible <laughs> <laughs> I like how we've talked about this match like ten times longer than the last yeah. uh, we've done we've done I mean, well we've done, done well we've fucking dragged 18 seconds in 10 minutes so yeah. I think this is some sort of world record here by the way but you know what I think now that you've mentioned those points I think it is actually it's memorable in history for for obviously different reasons to most other media matches because it was all shock factor but obviously in hindsight it was probably for the best. Mm. Like, obviously, maybe it wasn't... It didn't go the way it was meant to go in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, but... Uh, and sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it all worked out in the end. So I think we can consider ourselves quite fortunate that this actually took place. Yeah. I mean, if you'd imagine that we've discussed already tonight, I've got a few shock factors in it, you know, like Brett Owen, you know, that's got a massive shock factor yeah. in it. And this one's just another example of a shock factor and how it... You know, when you see something like this and you see the pop it got when he pinned him, you know, it set up, you know, it, it potentially set up the mania, you know, for, for going ahead. Yeah, so you're generalising that, and shock factor, open match equals a good WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if it was the main event, though? Yeah, it was the main I don't think people would have been I too happy about If it's, if it's like no. this year's, and it's going to potentially be eight hours, and everyone is literally hanging mm-hmm. at this point, oh, give them the shock factor, because one yeah. or two things happen, everyone's just going to go, thank God, and leave, or everyone's going to get a set one and go, Oh my god! Mm. Everybody's yeah. going to need an extra large caramel macchiato for this WrestleMania coming up. Sure, let's go for that. Yes, yes, you not, bring not, you bring them to Gary's house, Dave. Uh, you please bring them to Gary's. Have you been suddenly sponsored by Costa Coffee or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just uh, I just remember the last time I had a large coffee maybe, and maybe I stayed awake for about half the night. Yep. You're on the coffee run then? <laughs> yeah. Well, am I just thrown into that role? Yes. You just you keep wanting your volunteers. No, you're wrong. Oh, and shut my shut mouth, I know. Stephen will bring the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, that's sort of everybody's everybody's choices of their favourite manias. We're now going to have a, a chat about some of the other matches. I know we've already done, you know, we've already talked about a few of them, but just before we do that, I've got a wee quiz for you. Wee tiny quiz, just a few ones, right? First first question was who do you know what mania Jim Ross debuted at? Yes. Tell me. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Boom. Who has the most opening matches at Mania? Uh, Shawn Michaels. No. No. Uh, oh, I don't know, actually. Uh, is it someone we've mentioned already? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, God. Oh, that's a stunt. No. 
Um, is it uh, Shane? No. There's one guy on four, and then there's a few on three. Is it Brian? Daniel no. Brian? No. Triple H? No. No. Is it, is it, can it be Billy Gunn? No, it is the big show with four. Oh. And then with three, you've got Shawn Michaels, which is already mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Hardy, Brian, The Miz, and Fit Finlay. Oh, <laughs> he's got three. Opening. I want to talk about his. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. He, he was the opening match three years in a row, wasn't he? Yep. Finlay. Yeah. And um, can you guys? We've obviously mentioned this, but what was the opening? The very first uh, WrestleMania one opening match. Uh, Tito Santana versus the Executioner. Yes, classic eighties match. Yeah, that's all I can say about it. Executioner under the mask was Buddy Rose. Yep. Yep. Um, who won? Tito. Tito. Well done. So that was just a wee. And a people wee wonder uh, why I won the WrestleMania quiz last week. No, did you say every WrestleMania <laughs> opening match for the last thirty-five years? Nope. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys, let's have a chat about um, some of the matches. Obviously, we had a few choices um, of what to pick from. Um, let's just open up. Um, what would have been your next favourite or else one you want to talk about? Because you said you want to talk about one, so... Yeah, I'll go left field on it. I quite liked it. Uh, I like Finlay versus JBL. What a match. 24. Oh, the bell oh it's, it's brutal. What a match. Two of them just kicked lumps in each yep. other. The only thing I hated about it was when they were making their entrances, they kept going back to the clips. Just like, clip, out. Clip out, but no, they just kicked lumps at each other. They did. It's amazing, you yes. know. The, my favorite spot of the match is when GPA was the trash can, he just chucks it in the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if Hornswoggle knows it's coming. Just go, <laughs> 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 uh, that was a great match. Um, chaotic, oh, that was so so good. So good. Al, I liked the other one I liked was 15, hardcore title, Billy Gunn. Versus Arsenal versus Harko Holland. Yes. I <coughs> uh, enjoyed that. Billy Gunn just pretty much gets leathered the whole match yeah, and just kind of hangs outside the ring and just lets the other two fight out. Um, and typical Harko match. Heads involved. Takes a swing every so often. You know, to be the trash cans. Everything in Billy Gunn, everything just seems to go, whap, down he goes. It's like just stayed in there, son. Let, let, let the pros handle this. Were you surprised with a winner? No. No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just surprised that Billy Gunn got to hold the title going into Mania. That yeah. was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Rodnock had the IC title at the time, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And then he lost it that night, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DX had a bad night that night. I know. DX folded that night. Just Triple H lost by DQ. The game. And then he turned it into fun. Can we, um, discuss some of the ladder matches? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. We all know I'm, I'm a huge fan of the ladder match, so, uh, but yeah, the, the one I had as well was WrestleMania 23's Money in the Bank ladder match. Yes. It was, having seen all the ladder matches that opened Mania, I think this was probably my favourite. Like, I couldn't decide really between that or 32. The worst winner, though. Mm-hmm. Aye. The worst winner. The worst winner for Ken- Kennedy. Kennedy I, well, in hindsight, definitely. But I liked that this was a really good mix of not just established veterans of the business, but also like guys who you'd want to see in a ladder match and a couple of really... Uh, young up in covers. This is, this is the Jeff Hardy Swanton one. That's it? right. Yeah, yeah. like that was. Yeah, that's one of my favourite spots ever, where Jeff uh, Hardy jumps off the ladder through Edge on that bridge ladder. On the, the ladder, and I'm yeah. thinking that having Edge stretched out as well, that just goes to show like how 
like brutal that yeah. that big spot was. And I think the only thing that would have topped it was uh, WrestleMania 24 when Carlito and Kennedy threw Shelton Benjamin. He tipped him off the ladder and he went through on the bridge <laughs> on the outside. Four hundred twenty-two is that is that some spot where he gets back superplexed, yeah. superplexed, and he just actually yeah. he, he just goes, he just gets carted out and comes back. Right. And having like guys like CM Punk and Mr. Kennedy in there as well, it goes maybe this is an opportunity for an up and comer to get in there as well. And having obviously the grizzled veterans like uh, King Booker and Finlay in as well. I forgot about see see when I was watching it, and then I forgot that. Booker T was King Booker at that time. Just see him coming down. It just made me just have this big smile on my face. Just <laughs> walking down with his robe on. It was just it was brilliant. There was a yeah. lot, lot of more, lot more creativity with the spots as well. Like they had, um, like they brought the the little mini ladder out and they used it as a weapon. Yeah, well, that's that's better than using like a full full blown. Fully sized ladder. Kennedy's Green Bay plunge on Hornswoggle. Yes. Uh, Hornswoggle getting involved as well. That was uh, that was a really good uh, good thing. And obviously, you can't have a ladder match without the Hardy Boys doing something crazy. So that really right. sort of added to it right. as well. That was that was a uh, that was an explosive one. One of the ones I want to talk about. I know that you guys probably um, it's WrestleMania Seven with the Rockers versus Haku Barbarian. Now the Rockers at that time was it eight or seven? Oh, it was seven. It was seven. Yeah. Um, at that point, um, the Rockers were. An up-and-coming tag team, and then obviously we realised what happened with Shawn Michaels, you know, exploding um, the way he did. <clears throat> Every time they guys got in this ascendancy, the pop was unreal for it. Um, do you guys remember this or anything about it? Vaguely, it's not really one that sticks in my memory or something, but... The Rockers, the Rockers were probably between them, the Heart Foundation and LOD were my favourite tag teams growing up. The Rockers um, were... The, the Rockers were so good, the fact that they all won the belts. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah. You're right with Shawn Michaels exploding, and then and Haku's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, after this one, Michael's done. This was this was the one and only WrestleMania he'd done as the Rockers, and then after that, it was the Heartbreak his, Kid. His match, him and Tatanka at nine. Yes. Is a solid match as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good for, match. For an opening win. Um, Shawn, this was. Pretty much at the start of Shawn Michaels' singles run. And yeah, it's something. That's it was what, IT. It was in a continental champ in that match. It's something as well. I kind of touched upon earlier on. You rarely get a good opener for a bad mania. Yeah, this is the this is the example of a good opener, and everything else is just absolutely rotten. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it, it sort of reunites like the Rockers. How how good they were. Like you said, Stephen, how they never won won the belts, and then it sort of became like the the birth of. Shawn Michaels, a heartbreak kid, after he, um, at the end, it was a few weeks later where he um, switched in music, Marty Jannetty, then put him through the window at um, Brutus Barber's, the barber shop, where he'd done these interviews um, on it, and that was sort of the birth of the heartbreak kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one was that one was quite um, memorable um, to me. Any of you guys, any other ones? I like the ladder match at 31. Yes. And I can't 31 and 32 were really good yeah. consecutive ones. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. The last five years or so have been great openers. 31 was, was brilliant when Arthur was in it and he's scared of heights. He <laughs> 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 shows him trying up the ladder and he's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> he got up no, like two no, steps no. and he was like, no, no. <laughs> he does great stuff like was when he was in the Royal Rumble and he started climbing the ladder. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I, like, I think my favourite spot from that match was Luke Harper powerbombing Ambrose through yes. the bridge ladder. I'm oh, thinking, uh, oh, how is he not dead after that? I, honestly, I I really thought, because at that point, it looked so re- I know it, it, it must have hurt, right? It must, but like, there was real genuine sense in the rest faces. Like, I'm going, are you okay? Are you well, dead? Had, you know, they're panicking because... 
it looked really bad. And the fact that that guy got back up in the match yeah, and, was... and continued, you're like, how, how are you still we've alive? Had, we've had a good streak of great opening matches since, since about 30. We had Daniel Bryan, Triple H, the two ladder matches. Uh, AJ versus Shane was so good that was a mistake considering it had such low expectations yeah. and then we had last year's uh, triple threat match for the IC title mm-hmm. yeah. you could even say the one at 29 um, the Shield versus Orton and Sheamus and Big Show was yeah. passable and mm-hmm. passable yeah yeah, for the shield factor. I mean, it wasn't that memorable for me, to be honest. Yeah. But then again, the shield that was sort of like their third match as a team. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I was expecting much from it. But also, I, was, I think that was the moment when you knew these guys were well, five guys, the guy, the company coming at the crowd, and the reaction they got. No, the pop was amazing. All right, Randy, unbelievable. Randy took the pin. Can yeah. I say yeah. something? You notice we haven't talked about much as being regarded as one of the most popular WrestleManias, and that was seventeen. RVD um, and it, um, Jericho, that was sort of the, you know, um, Y2J was massive at that point. Um, you know, it looked like throughout that match that Regal was going to was going to win it, and then Jericho being Jericho, just brilliant. <laughs> I know it's a club. It's not a match, but that, that's not. Seventeen yeah. was more of like a an upward crescendo. Like obviously TLC two, arguably match of the night, and then it comes to Rock Austin main event, and it was like. It sort of skyrocketed rather than start on a high, yeah. gets for a bit, then comes back up again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, l- like you said, Stephen, the 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 last few manias, I think we've been really lucky with the with the matches that we've that we've had um, on them, and hopefully this year will be the same. So mm. let's have a chat about this year, guys. <laughs> what are we thinking? Who's going to open? Uh, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard one because I. Would initial, my initial prediction was the US title was going to be a ladder match which I would have said it would have been a stone at open mm-hmm. but as it stands it's Joe versus Ray okay. so I would if my I would probably if if it's not a ladder match I would say it's going to be Black and Ricochet versus The Revival mm, good shoot I, I think it will be a tag team match but I don't think it will be the raw tag team title I think it's going to be the women's tag team titles that's going to open Mm. Because you know it's been heavily rumored that it's going to be a four way they're talking about. Yeah, the potentially it's Sasha and Bailey versus Beth and Natalia versus Naya Tamina and the Iconics, possibly. Iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Because the reason I say that is because you know it's heavily rumored that the Raw Women's Title is going to be main eventing with Ronda Becky and Charlotte. Which it should. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't a women's match open the show as well? Because like we said before. I think right now the three of them are untouched. I don't think anyone just well, caught the talent, really. there's only one match I think they would deserve it, and it would be Brian Kofi. I think, well, actually, that's that. my pick to be the opener. Yeah. I hey, think Brian like... See the way the company has devalued the WWE title and making it sort of mid-carder? And obviously, it needs to be brought up, it needs to be put back where it belongs. I mean, event. What better way of putting it as an opener? WWE title... I get the A2 kick off the show because you know you're going to get solid, exciting 
performances out of two of them there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if Kofi doesn't win, it will put. Oh, it'll dampen the whole mood, yeah. yeah. True, but also, I think he's going to win. And I think that's just going to set the tone. Mm. And I'm going to stick my neck out, and I think this WrestleMania might be the best ever. Because well, there is so much potential there, all these matches. I think I'm going to stick my neck out and think it'll be the best ever. Because if there is any rotten matches, Put them in the middle because people will people forget, forget them about them. Like, start the show on a high, end the show on a high. Exactly. But the reason I say the women's tag titles might go first is because obviously it's the newest championship. Uh, they've got women opening and closing the show. And even if a title change happens, it doesn't dampen the mood as much as, say, for example, if Kofi doesn't win the WWE title. That's my thinking on it. One of the other things that I was, I was maybe thinking about, I know it's been on the pre show a lot, but the, the Battle Royal, Andre Giant Battle Royal, with the people that are supposedly mentioned going into that. Do you think that could be a good opening start if they've got like Strowman in it and stuff like that? Because we could have Andrade, Strowman. You know, it's crazy that can have, have these guys in it that don't have matches. Um, but if, if they guys are in it, I think that's a good shout for an opener. If you have enough big names in it, I think it could pull off as an opening match, definitely. And maybe Braun could have his skit with the, the SNL host as well. Maybe mm-hmm. that'll be open WrestleMania in sort of a comedic sort of manner. Yeah. I mean, that, that would definitely work too. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe a safe bet would definitely be putting the tag titles on assuming that the Battle Royals are going on the pre-show yeah. along with the Cruiserweight match what about um, Angle's retirement match no no, no you don't think so that would be against Corbin I'll kill the crew yeah. I think that'll be final third mm-hmm. yeah. not, it depends who wins it. I think it depends who wins I think it'll be a second half like opener like maybe after the halfway mark yeah. kind of like you know how Ronda, Triple H uh, Stephanie and Angle were sort of the halfway main event and Alexa Naya was straight afterwards I think that's where the retirement match will go I, mm-hmm. I was just thinking more from the point of view depends who wins it you know it would have been um, a good one to go first a good pop if Angle won but um, going the last match but like I said it's matter of opinion matter of discussion um, any other ones that you think could make it IC match or anything like that no, you think that's later on in the like, match they all just seem like sort of middle, middle of the card, middle card. really well yeah, <laughs> four hours into the show <laughs> the only one I can maybe well, they'll probably stick on pre-show, definitely. But mind you, they have been put on the main show of recently, and it's the Cruiserweight title. Yeah. It is going to be Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese. Mm-hmm. Should have been Gulak. It's destined for the pre-show. Should have been Gulak. Should have been Gulak. I will spray paint that on my wall. It's a should have been Gulak. I dare you. <laughs> you won't. But it's not Gulak. That's not... Screw you, 205 Live. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, I think that's a, a good point to sort of round everything off. All I want to say is just thank you to my panel. Thank you to Dave. Thank you, Derek. Well, well done, David. <laughs> thank you to Stephen. Thank you, Derek. Thank you to Alan. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you, Kwaku, as always. Thank you, Derek. That's it. That's it. Um, few things just to round up on guys next week we are doing the Wrestlemania 32 rebook and it's hosted by our very own Miss Elizabeth Stephen <laughs> yes we're going to be looking back on how we've changed things in Wrestlemania 32 there is plenty to talk about yes there certainly is um, and also our interview this week that um, Sarah done with the source number one contender Luke Matthews will also be um, dropping on Monday as well guys so that's a that's another good one and like I said thank you for listening and we'll see you all later thank you listen cunts I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat, sleep, suplex, retweet whatever the fuck 
fuck you're doing. That's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday. I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now. Sports Social Podcast Network.